How high did the Buckeyes move up in the APN coaches' polls after destroying the Spartans and other news and notes from the weekend? What has C.J. Stroud done to play so well down the stretch of the season? And can this defensive line play even better than they did over the weekend? All that and more in this episode of Locked on Buckeyes. You are Locked on Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked on Buckeyes for the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens Podcast. It is Monday, November 22nd in the year 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. I After a performance, a dominant performance, where the Buckeyes at the end of the first half were up 49-0 and very well had to score 70, 80, maybe points in that game over the weekend. If Ryan Day did not let off the gas, we're all wondering, how high will the Buckeyes move up in the pole? Will they stay where they are? Will they jump Alabama? Will, Will they jump Oregon? Now we know that they did jump Oregon after Oregon lost to Utah on Saturday evening. But these are all the things that we are thinking about at the conclusion of Ohio State's game And then at the end of the evening on Saturday going into Sunday morning, we got more clarity and probably had different thoughts about where the Buckeyes would fall in both the coaches and AP polls. In the coaches' poll, Ohio State moves from the number four spot to the number three spot after they destroy, let's just go ahead and say demolish, the Spartans 10 through 1 in the coaches' poll go as follows. Number 10, Baylor. Number 9, Oklahoma. Number 8, Ole Miss. Number seven, Oklahoma State. Number six, Michigan, the Buckeyes' next opponent. Number five, Notre Dame. Number four, Cincinnati. Number three, Ohio State. Number two, Alabama. And then number one, Georgia. In the AP poll, would there be movement? Would they jump Alabama in? This poll in the AP poll, 10 through 1. Go as follows once again. Oklahoma, number 10. Baylor, number 9. Ole Miss, number 8. 7, Oklahoma State. 6, Michigan. 5, Notre Dame. 4, Cincinnati. 3, Alabama. 2, Ohio State. And then number 1, the Georgia Bulldogs. There's one thought that I have had for quite a while about the Buckeyes, Alabama, Oregon, Cincinnati. Well, not so much Cincinnati, but more so Alabama, Oregon, and Ohio State. I have believed for quite a while that Ohio State is a better football team than the Alabama Crimson Tide. However, many people out there will use the head-to-head matchup to say, well, Oregon and Ohio State had the same record. Ohio State lost the head-to-head matchup in Week 2. Let's remind you about the date of that. That was on September 11th. This is now November the 22nd. That's a long time ago. But some people are still saying that loss back then is still why Oregon is above Ohio State. Okay, so be it. Let everything play itself out. and We'll see exactly how this thing goes. And so now that Oregon lost to Utah at the end of the night, and Oregon 
really was not was not in the game at all throughout that day. I am wondering, and I'm kind of speculating right now, after seeing that the Buckeyes jump over Alabama in the AP poll, will the committee now use Ohio State or now allow Ohio State to jump Alabama because they no longer have to say, well, Ohio State lost the head-to-head, so we're going to keep them out one spot behind Oregon. Ain't nobody in their right mind going to say Oregon this season was better than Alabama. Nobody was. People can debate about the Ohio State-Alabama thing all they want to. But now I am curious if now they're going to say, oh, Ohio State won big. We're going to allow you to jump Alabama. And then I hope somebody in the post game, either Reese Davis or one of the reporters that talks to Gary Barta, ask, did you all along think that Ohio State was better than Alabama? And if he says yes, then it's also this is not a, about the best teams. This is more resume-based, and we're going to pick and choose, confirming we already know this, pick and choose the arguments we want to use for each team. Also, over the weekend, I woke up Sunday morning, went to our good friends at betonline.ag, and wanted to see what the betting odds are for the college football playoff national champion and what the betting odds are for the Heisman. Right now, Ohio State, I believe last week they're number four betting favorite to win the CFP National Championship. Right now, they're number two. Four through one go as follows. Cincinnati number four, Alabama number three, Ohio State two at plus 300, and then Georgia number one at minus 125. Also, for the Heisman, Is Stroud still the favorite? Absolutely. But Bryce Young, the QB at Alabama, is right behind him. We'll go eight through one in this one. A couple defensive guys at the bottom, and the rest are from the offensive side of the ball. Will Anderson from Alabama. Jordan Davis from Georgia. Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh, the fifth best favorite right now, betting ways to win the Heisman. Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State, who the Buckeyes held to six carries for only 25 yards. The nation's leading rusher had nothing going over the weekend. Matt Corral from Ole Miss, number three. Bryce Young from Alabama, number two. And then Cincinnati, excuse me, (laughs) excuse me, no, 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 C.J. Stroud. I saw the C on Cincinnati. I'm not sure why. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State, is still the betting favorite to win that game. Last but not least from the weekend, some amazing things going on. Some more betting lines for you. Ohio State opens up as seven and a half point favorites against Michigan this weekend. This is also from, from our good friends at betonline.ag. And the over-under is currently set at 65 and a half. Seven and a half point favorite. I do think the Buckeyes once again cover. Now, once again, I do have my right and I do reserve the freedom. To alter that throughout the week, I will tell you this right now. Wednesday's show will be the last time I will alter anything in regards to my betting or what I think the Buckeyes will do. Right now, I think the Buckeyes win. I think a seven-and-a-half-point favorite is low. But as we've seen over the past couple weeks, Vegas has been dead wrong on the point spread against Purdue and against Michigan State. Will they be wrong a third straight week? We'll find out very, very soon. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Price Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Price Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. 
and offers all the star players of the Power 5 as well as mid-major players as well. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. We're going to have a lot of fun this week. We're going to be instantly reacting to the CFP ranking show on Tuesday evening. The Buckeyes play Seton Hall tonight, I believe at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Fort Myers tip-off of the game tonight and the game at either 6.30 or 8.30 on Wednesday evening. So I know this is a holiday week. You got a TV on, turn some basketball on in the evening. You might want to yell and scream and hoop and holler, whatever you do during basketball games. Hey, the Buckeyes are on. Keep your eyeballs on that screen and watch the boys play. C.J. Stroud, even though he's a betting favorite to win the Heisman right now, does he really have a shot? How has he gotten better? Now, I do believe he has he has a shot because he has gotten better. What has he done to get better? Has it all been Ryan Day? Has it been Corey Dennis? Has it been Kevin Wilson, the OC and tight ends coach? Has it been Brian Hartline working one-on-one with C.J. Stroud when he has the time to, to assist him and knowing, hey, our receivers are going to do this. Here's how you could get these guys open. I will teach them all the right things. All you have to do is find the right time to get them the ball. I believe personally, it's been a collective effort. Every person involved, coaching wise, has assisted CJ Stroud to help him get better. It also starts up front. Now, Ryan Day has said, and he has stuck to using a six man offensive line. I do believe at times that has hurt him and hurt the team. For some odd reason, I see holes on the interior, not so much Luke Whippler, but generally it's one of the guards who ever's playing right guard or left guard at the time. They're Mumford, Matt Jones, Harris Johnson Jr. There is one thing all of them have that for some reason when a guy crosses their face right to left, everybody in that's not consistently, but a lot of times you will find that is a hindrance. Now, with Stroud knowing this, Stroud won. He is utilizing his blockers in a better way than I believe he was even a few weeks ago. Remember the whole conversation people had about C.J. Stroud and said, Stroud needs to run more, Stroud needs to do this, Stroud needs to do that? Well, C.J. was leaving the pocket a little early, way too early, not a little, way too early. And by him leaving the pocket too early, it put his offensive line in a bad spot because if you go and look at the film, Sometimes they're blocking properly and doing the things they're supposed to do. However, C.J. Strauss leaving the pocket, and by him leaving the pocket, the next thing you know, the man that we thought was blocked properly was no longer blocked properly because he's able to escape and get out and go somewhere where the offensive lineman does not think the quarterback is, but Stroud's on the outside, and instead of running and getting some yards, three or four or five yards to keep the chains, keep the ball moving forward, he tries to use the ball, use his eyes to move the ball downfield. Not a problem. However, the one problem is that C.J. Stroud had done previously that he didn't really do this time. He's learning how to stay in the pocket 
one thing at the beginning of the season, people were saying Stroud needs to be benched. Should he be benched? Is this just a product of him not having many reps at quarterback? Is he just too hurt to play? These are all things people had questions that they had at the beginning of the season. Part of it was also the offensive line was learning how to play together as one unit and Stroud's learning how to play not just quarterback at the collegiate level he's also learning how to play behind this new offensive line that has two guys literally that has two guys playing out of position but they're still playing very well while also still playing out of position so with all that in mind Stroud has learned how to utilize his offensive line and learning how to manipulate things with his eyes downfield proper shoulder fakes proper pump fakes proper everything to derail the track or derail the eyeballs of the defender that might be eyeballing cj stroud stroud is maneuvering maneuvering things pre-snap and post-snap at a very elite level also cj stroud one thing he has done very very well lately and i highly encourage people to go back you can go to youtube if you want to watch about a 10 to 12 minute video of highlights you can do that sometimes there's a 20 to 25 video out there on youtube you can do that some people out there will even put the entire game on youtube for you so those of you that are that don't have youtube tv or hulu live or whatever streaming app you might have and you you don't save the game. Hey, YouTube is your best friend. I'm throwing this out there because your boy uses it, and it helps me out in a great way. I don't know why my voice went softer right there. That was not – I have no idea. I'm in a good mood. Something just happened. Let's just move on. So CJ Stroud there, he is learning how to read things pre-snap. Decide, now, even though sometimes – Ryan Day will do it for him via the pre-snap motions that Ryan Day has consistently throughout the offense. It works out to perfection numerous times. If you're in a zone, if you're in a two high, a single high, a cover zero, it does not matter. If you're in a man and then two, two safeties high, splitting the field with man underneath or man on the other players, great. If you're in a cover three or a cover four, more softer cover four, great. C.J. Stroud is very good at quickly deciphering the coverage from the defense and then picking apart where the holes are in said defense very, very quickly. Now, we all know some of Ohio State's routes and plays, they take a little bit longer to develop. Do you see see Stroud get a little rattled? Do you see Stroud kind of go a little crazy, a little sporadic with his movements, a little off-kilter? little off schedule as Ryan Day loves to use all the time in a phrase that he wants to say the office needs to needs to stay on schedule when we get off schedule it messes things up that's absolutely true but CJ Stroud from early in the season to where we are right now part of the reason I did the locked on CJ Stroud episodes earlier in the season and we're doing it once again today because CJ Stroud's growth as a quarterback being able to quickly pre-snap to post-snap, or let's just say the defense changing things up at the snap of the ball, C.J. Stroud is very quickly to decipher, pick things up, and then knowing how to hit the man at the right time. Yes, it helps that you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, you have Chris Olave, you have Garrett Wilson, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's very amazing that you have those guys together. It's It's a luxury. But even when you have those guys, Stroud has to be the quarterback. I think one thing people will use that's very immature, very un, un, um, unintelligent to do, 
an uneducated person, that's what I meant to say earlier, an uneducated person will say, well, hey, Stroud has all those guys, so we're going to knock him in the Heisman race because he has all of those guys there. Well, that's the uneducated person. That's what they will say. The educated person will say, it don't matter who the weapons are. If that boy can't read defense, he can get, he cannot get the ball to his to his receivers when he needs to get the, to get the ball to those receivers. Remember, we are educated people here on Locked On Buckeyes. Any show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we are educated individuals, educated fans. Remember, it don't matter who the quarterback is, or excuse me, who the receivers are. If you want to get to the ball, you want to get the ball to the receiver at the right time. It takes a good quarterback to do just that. And C.J. Stroud is a quarterback that continues to get better and better and better from pre-snap right after the snap, a second after the snap. He has deciphered things so quickly. Man, it's amazing to watch. If you haven't tried a Bilt Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A built bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you just swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. Another great thing about Built Bar, there are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut and raspberry and mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and even cherry bar seed. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days so check their website often you don't want to miss out go to built.com and use that friendly promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and it's all one word and you will get 15 percent off your next order once again go to built.com and use that friendly promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off at built.com you are tuned in to Locked on Buckeyes, parts of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every single day. We mentioned it at the conclusion of the game in our post-game podcast, concluding and recapping in, somewhat marveling at what we witnessed after Ohio State demolished the Spartans over the weekend. But the defensive line set the tone for Ohio State very early in this game. And the defensive line of Ohio State is one of those positions that you that might get overlooked. Not just saying that they're that they're not important; they're very, very important. But sometimes their performance, sometimes the way that they play, it gets overlooked because the four guys up front they're not doing the work anybody else wants to do. They're not doing the work that gets a lot of praise. Especially the two interior guys on the defensive line. Occasionally, the Buckeyes did come out in a three-down line lineman set. That nose guy, the guy in the middle, is not going to get any praise. But one thing we saw from this defensive line over the weekend was that they were moving people. They were controlling things. They quickly won in the battle in the trenches. And the body language from the Spartans players and coaches told us they quickly realized they have no chance against Ohio State over the weekend. The defensive line had these numbers that they put out over the weekend. 12 hurries. Four quarterback knockdowns, six tackles for loss, 
five tip passes, and two and a half sacks. Now, that is only going to be a certain amount of plays, but there's so much more these guys are doing from just getting hands up and altering the view of the quarterback or really pushing the man that's in front of him, trying to block him, pushing him back or not letting him get to the second level to a linebacker to allow said linebacker to make a tackle or to allow him to start a gang tackle. There's so many things this defensive line is doing now that they have been doing for quite a long time. Can they get any better? They can, but it's going to be hard only because they're already playing at such a good level. There's so much unselfish play from these guys. I say unselfish, not saying that they're not they're just letting guys get right past them. No. But if Larry Johnson says, hey, Tyreek, you got to come off the field. Javante Jean-Baptiste comes in, so be it. One thing I quickly noticed in this game, and I talked about it, which I sent a text to Jeff Hunt, who will be with us um, on Wednesday's show, recapping and talking about the um, new college football rankings that come out and then anything else Ohio State related before him and I close up shop on Wednesday show. I talked to him about how I didn't see Tua Malowal or Sawyer very much early on. Now, maybe they were on there. I didn't hear their name very much. And normally when they're on the field, the broadcasters or um, the silent reporter, they're talking about things they're doing on the field. I didn't really hear their name and that might be an added wrinkle that larry johnson is doing right now it's saying hey youngsters we got to a lot of playing time in the first 10 games right now <laughs> we got to get the older guys now maybe that was a, that was a senior day thing to get the older players on the field more if that is so be it but that that trend should stick that trend should stick right there because I do believe hey, you're going up against Michigan. They have a really good running back in Hassan Haskins. Not sure if Blake Corman is going to come back to play or not. If he is, you're going to need that defensive line to control things in the front for the to not let the Michigan offensive line get to the second level, move the people to allow the holes to be big for Haskins or Corum to get there, not allow. Cade McNamara or J.J. McCarthy to have all the time in the world to throw the ball and to pick the Ohio State defense apart. The defensive line is going to be very, very vital. So let's just say, looking ahead, I'm not trying to saying speculation now. Let's just say that Ohio State meets Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a young man, 17 years old, but he is really, really, I think he had 200, 200 rushing yards over the weekend. Three touchdowns. I mean, even Jonathan Taylor, former Wisconsin great running back, tweeted at the young, tweeted about the young man, and then Jonathan Taylor had a day of his own the very next day with five touchdowns. What as the Colts beat the Bills, Wisconsin, you have to do the same thing. So I wonder, maybe the defensive line getting better. This has already been playing very well. Maybe them getting better is simply playing the older guys. And if that's the formula, hey baby, I'm gonna sit back. <laughs> I'm going to relax and kind of enjoy this thing because if that's all that needs to happen for this defensive line to play better, great. Can they play better? They can. It's going to ask a lot. Technique, power, um, twist, stunts, more maneuvering, pre-snap. Those are the things that they would need to do to play better. Not normally things that the Buckeyes do regularly. Pre-snap movement, sliding, shifting. Um, those things the Buckeyes don't normally do. But if they do those things and they start adding in different wrinkles against Michigan, 
and then the, uh, the other games down the down the road, assuming that the Buckeyes do win this weekend. Hey, let me just tell you, this defensive line. You think the run defense is already good? You think they're getting pressure and wreaking havoc on the opposing quarterback? Now, two and a half sacks. You might not. You might say, Jay, that's not good. Um, look at the other numbers. Look at what you saw on the field on the game on Saturday. Or maybe if you go to the YouTube, like I mentioned earlier, to watch some recap videos and a few highlights, you'll quickly see the Buckeyes were doing a lot of things well with that defensive line. Thank you, thank you, thank you for enjoying another episode of Locked on Buckeyes. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven 7 You can also send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow, Wednesday. Thursday, even on the holiday, we get holiday. We have a show for you that day as well. Regularly scheduled preview episode with a guest previewing the next game is scheduled for that day as in a special guest on Friday. It's a holiday week. Locked on Buckeyes will be with you all week long.